This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, over the weekend, really the major story in Ireland has been the RTE affair. It's, I suppose, the Tuberty saga and the almost 350000 in excess pay that he got uh, between 2017 and 2022. It's caused a lot of comment and it has also caused a lot of anger and the latest part of this saga dropped this morning at 7.30 when Morning Ireland announced that the former Director General, D. Forbes, who had been suspended, who was due to leave the station anyway in the next week or two, had announced her resignation. She also issued a resignation statement. So bit by bit, bits of this story are emerging. It is a story that is causing grave concern to people who have trusted RTE. Indeed, it is causing deep concern to people who work in RTE, many of whom I've known for four or five, four decades at least. Wonderful people, fantastic people. And to be fair to RTE, some of their broadcasters, most of them in fact, have done their best to cover the story, but they haven't been helped by people who ought to have been helping them. Mick Clifford is one of our most outstanding journalists. He's writes for the Irish Examiner. He's been covering the story and following the story. Mick is special correspondent for the Irish Examiner. Mick, there is a great deal of hurt and disappointment and indeed a great deal of anger around the place on the streets, which I picked up on at the weekend. And this story has a long way to go. I'd say it does, Eamon. Uh, as you said, th- there is a lot of anger, and I suppose th- th- there's two prongs to that anger, particularly if, like myself and, and yourself, you're in the business of journalism, like you, I know a lot of people in RT, I have a lot of friends who work in journalism in RT, who work for very modest salaries, and what's very noticeable, even in casual conversations with them, is most of them are inculcated with that idea that they're working for the um, public service broadcaster and therefore I've often noticed that they're very, they, they, they keep their opinions to themselves, which is yes. one element of it, that, that business of being neutral entirely in every respect. Unlike, like from, for example, myself, I write a column, so yes. I, I, I have an opinion that, but if you were working in there, you wouldn't be doing that. And the other element is that, you know, they, they, they have a certain pride 
in the fact that they're working for the national broadcaster and everything that comes with that, notably the likes of transparency, the matter that has been sadly lacking in so many different ways in relation to this issue. And they would have taken pay cuts, Mick. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. c- consistently over uh, recent years. Very much so. And, and, and that, in some ways, feeds into uh, the issue at heart here because, as we know, um, I think there's a general consensus, Eamon, among an awful lot of people, that notwithstanding, there are some extremely talented frontline broadcasters in RT, the best bar a few exceptions elsewhere in the country you, you, you could make an arguable case for. Notwithstanding that, the salaries that are paid to those at the very top have been inexplicable for a long time. I mean, they were ludicrous when you go back to the days of the Celtic Tiger. But even today, I think it is questionable when you see some of the figures to the extent that we are told that this is a result of market forces. Yet I don't know anybody who can look at the market for the very top in broadcasting in a small country like this and say that, for example, a clutch of RT stars might leave if they weren't paid what they are being paid. And I mean, the obvious example in that respect is Pat Kenny, probably the foremost broadcaster the last 20, even 30 years in the country, brilliant broadcaster by any account, and still very excellent, like uh, for, for somebody who's, who's, you know, he's not a spring chicken anymore. He left RTE, um, presumably he got more money and fair play to him, fair play to anybody who does that. But notwithstanding his departure and the addition he made to News Talk, he obviously boosted their figures somewhat in terms of his show. It did not to any great extent, affect the overall listenership in RT. No, in in fact, in that, Sean O'Rourke took over that slot and increased the audience. And that, that only goes to illustrate how much RT and the brand and trust matter. RT's brand is so strong that it could actually take the hit of a major broadcaster and star Pat Kenny leaving and actually increases audience with an outstanding journalist, Sean O'Rourke. And one element of this, I want to come on to the ministerial responsibility here. Catherine Martin is the minister with responsibility for this. And there's some very curious things that I want to ask that I have opinions about. But let me start with there is now respectable journalists and veteran journalists almost saying the lies that RTE are telling and have told are really in danger of bringing the whole public sector broadcasting edifice uh, down uh, on their head, really. And one of the lies was told after this story broke. David McCullough on 61 News on Thursday interviewed Shuan Nirahali who is the chair in RTE. She's been in there a few months. And he had a disadvantage. He didn't know that the Director General, D. Forbes, had been suspended by RTE, by the board, 24 hours earlier. Now, I spoke to David over the weekend, and he said, I, I just wanted to confirm, did you go on air? not knowing this very salient fact. And he said, yes, they didn't tell me. Now, 
this kind of behavior is really unacceptable, isn't it? I would have thought so, Eamon. I mean, as you say, David McCullough's there representing the public. And Shouldn't they have said, if, we're, if you're covering this, you should know that we suspended D Forbes, the Director General, yesterday evening? Absolutely. It should have either been said to David McCullough prior to the interview, or certainly early on the interview should have been made plain. One of the measures that has been taken is that D Forbes has been suspended. In some ways, it's inexplicable that that was not revealed. It's also, unfortunately, indicative of an awful lot of aspects of how this has been handled since an issue as such first apparently became known last March. And time and again, in the political arena, within RTE, it would seem that there has been, well, if you ask me more than anything, once the, let, there, there's two elements to this, Eamon. The, the, the whole thing of how Ryan Tubbery was paid, why it was done, the lack of transparency, the failure to inform the public. That is the main issue. There's a secondary issue, and that is the handling of the whole thing since it first came to light last March. The judgment involved in that, apart from anything else, is absolutely appalling uh, uh, on a number of fronts. I mean, I can't understand how, for example, the likes of uh, Ryan Tubbery's agent, uh, perhaps Mr. Tuberty himself, why when they first encountered this, the very first obvious thing to do is say, have an investigation, we'll go along with it, here's the money back that's at issue, and if it was, if it was taken, or not taken, sorry, if there's an issue over it being uh, the focus of transparency, there's nothing illegal about any of it, not, nothing whatsoever. No. That's not the issue, but just as a gesture, that would be the obvious, very first thing to do. Therefore, when it becomes public, the first thing you could turn around and say, yes, there was a misunderstanding, there was a lack of judgment, we're already moving to rectify that, certainly in terms of the money, and we will move forward from there to do everything. Instead, we get a series of statements, and when you issue one statement, and then 24 hours later have to issue another, red flags are flying there. Yes. And as you say, an RTE's point of view, the fact that you come on the 6-1 news and not reveal that the DG has been suspended, that's quite uh, astounding as well, to be honest with you. It is sus suspended 24 hours earlier, and of course, suspended because of this affair. Now, that lie of omission, that undermining of the anchor, a highly respected uh, journalist, David McCullough, who is the anchor of 6-1 News, to allow him and to also put in pretty difficult situation the new chair of RTE, Shun Narahli. I mean, did she know, for example, as, as one assumes she must have, that her conversation with David McCullough was missing a big fact, that the Director General had been suspended 24 hours earlier. Well, Eamon, let me put it this way to you. If she didn't know that yes. whomever was responsible to who should have told her should immediately yeah. face sanction of one sort or another. Yes. Now, I want to go back to March because the minister concerned, Catherine Martin, is a Green Party, the deputy leader of the Green Party, in fact. She was first briefed uh, by her officials that there was, quote, unquote, a problem in March. If you have to alert the minister in March to a problem, she said that nobody said, nobody mentioned it was a Ryan Tuberty problem. She claims that she only heard 
about the circumstances and the facts of the problem last week. However, here's a question I want to put to you. RTE have a, the RTE board have an audit and risk committee and they commissioned Grant Thornton to establish the facts of a payments issue that had arisen. Now, on the 16th of March, Ryan Tuberty announced on air that he was standing down from the Late Late Show. He said he wanted to do other things, and he went on then to present it until the series ended in May, and I was among many people who paid tribute to him. Uh, I used the word courage for having this. Courage is not easy to leave a hit show and to step down as he did. And um, so the 17th of March, as we know, makes St. Patrick's Day. I want to ask a question. Deloitte had begun contacting the Audit and Risk Committee members on St. Patrick's Day, a bank holiday, about this issue. Now, that is 24 hours after, 12 hours actually, or thereabouts after, Ryan Tuberty announced he was stepping down. It has been repeatedly asked, was there any link between Mr. Tuberty leaving the Late Late Show and this issue that Captain Martin refers to? You've known a lot of accountants in your time, so have I, mate. They tend not to work on bank holidays. Very true, Eamon. And uh, uh, most people... I'd suggest tend not to work on St. Patrick's Day. In the media, we do because it, it, on a daily basis, you have to get something out. But most people tend not to. And if those contacts were being made on St. Patrick's Day, it suggests immediately a matter of urgency of yes. some sort. Yes. And I, I think that has to be noted. It does suggest a matter of urgency. As you said, the previous day, Ryan Tuberty announced this. Now, give Ryan the benefit of the doubt. Let's say it is a coincidence. For example, yes. If so, you know that's just one of a number of questions in his own interests. He'd be best to come out and address fully and comprehensively, because in the vacuum there is going to be intense speculation. Particularly, as you say, that looks like a major coincidence. The 16th of March, he announces major announcement was all over the media. A day later, bank holiday, the bank holiday of the year, effectively for a lot of people, yes, and these contacts are being made internally about an audit. And we're now in, what are we, we're the 24th of June. This is over three months ago. Yes. That's a long period in which to get to grips with something of this magnitude uh, for all, for everybody concerned. Yes, indeed. And the minister and uh, Mr. Tuberty has said that there is no link between the two issues. The timing, though, does beg a question, as does the minister's suggestion, that while all this was unfolding, she didn't learn until last week, and there is some responsibility on the minister. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, just to move on about the difficulty RTE have from here on in. They face the media committee of the Oroctus on Wednesday and the public accounts committee on Thursday. The What I... Could be, shall we say, I have to be careful here. First of all, let's make this point clear. I think you've made it a reference already. There is no allegation of illegality on the part None of whatsoever. anybody in this case at all. If, the, if this is a private company, Eamon, yeah. very likely a lattice situation wouldn't arise. No, so there, there's it, no question of anybody. No, it's our, it, it is our company because we fund it. And the government has legislated and given it the position in our society, which is a hugely important position. The relationship between RTE and the Irish people is is, is terribly important. The, the, the question that now arises is, who will turn up to represent? D Forbes clearly won't turn up, and she has indicated as much. She's out of it now. So who is going to turn up to answer for the fact that Orti was engaged in what I consider to be a grubby little stroke, and that's a phrase I've used, because the highest earner in the station in RTE would not take the cut that the others were taking, and the other ten, the other nine of the top ten earners were taking, but also, of course, the published figures that RTE were putting out were inaccurate in the case of Ryan Tuberty. One question stands out. Who authorised this deal? Who signed off on the deal? 
a key element in the deal being if Renault, who were paying the 75000 in the first year, if they dropped out, RTE undertook to see the deal out and did for almost six years. So who signed off on that deal? Isn't that vitally important? It, 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 it is. And my read of D Forbes' resignation statement is there's a particular deal with Renault in 2021. Um, and, and, and this was to do with Ryan Tubbery was to make three public appearances for Renault, who were sponsoring the Late Late Show, and receive 75,000 as a result. Now, Ryan Tubbery has a private uh, arrangement with a commercial body entirely his own business and fair play to anybody who can uh, get that kind of money as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the issue though is why did RTE underwrite that. Yes. That's the first thing. The second thing, I'm just dealing first of all here with 2021. The second thing is that commercial deal, it was not possible to fulfill it because of the pandemic. Quite obviously, Renault wouldn't be having yes. a public event and therefore there'd be no question of paying Ryan Tuberty the money. Now, even though RTE underwrote it, we're talking about a scenario whereby, first of all, RTE's coming out of a situation whereby they had to account for a bogus self-employment of something like 160 employees. Basically, that means people who are employed there at the lowest level were not receiving the rights of employees and they're being employed as if they were independent contractors yes. and therefore they lose out on all sorts of benefits. Yes. That had come to the fore by then. More people were temporarily laid off. Some were on the PUP. RTE had to have access to the financial supports that the government took in place, put in place in order to compensate people for their hit in, in, in all sorts of ways as a result of the pandemic. Now we're talking about a situation that notwithstanding all of that, notwithstanding, and I have to say the highly commendable job, that Ryan Tuberty did in his public role yes. in terms of how he conducted himself on the Late Late Show. And I think, no, it may have irritated some, but I think it gave comfort to an awful lot of people. No, I, it, I said it in, in, yeah, in when I, I talked I, I about his I think it gave comfort guys. to a lot of people the way he, he, he was he, effectively yes. a, a cheerleader for the country at a time when the country badly needed a cheerleader. So and fair doing, play to him doing it in an empty studio. Exactly. I, and, and I think he did that very commendably. Yes. Now, taking all of that into account, that notwithstanding all of that and notwithstanding possibly a legal obligation in terms of underwriting that 75 grand a year, how come somebody, either Mr. Tuberty or particularly his agent, didn't say, or how come somebody in RT didn't go to them and ask, look, under all these circumstances, can we just drop that? Look, we're, we're, we're the country yes. is to the pin of its collar. The station is. People are suffering. Could we just leave that for the sake of a gesture as much as anything? I can't understand. And all your colleagues are taking the 15%. Yeah, that's the one. Now, the second element, Damon, is my read of D Forbes' uh, statement is that that particular arrangement was not specifically to her knowledge at least what was in place prior to 2020 yet there was I think it's fair to say on average about another 60 70 grand each year over the previous five three or four years yeah to, to that, 2017 2017 this, this to began. 2020 yes. sorry yeah so how was that dealt with and in what context was that dealt with in terms of the pay reduction that the biggest stars had to take and 
I think there's another element overhanging an awful lot of this, and that is the role of the agent, Noel Kelly. Now, in yes. the first instant, Noel Kelly did absolutely nothing wrong. If I was Noel Kelly, I would have done exactly as he did in terms of your job is to get the best for your client. But it's not what Mr. Kelly did. It's the attitude towards him that would appear to have been there from RTE. And it would seem that he had enormous negotiating power for his clients. And his clients are very far and wide right across the top broadcasting jobs in the whole country. And the question I would have is, why did you feel that you had to do things like underwrite that deal with Renault, that you had to pay so much when contracts are up for renewal, uh, to um, your top broadcasters as represented by their agent. Because going back again to the sole issue, it does not wash that if these very, very good salaries were not paid, that these broadcasters would go to or, or immediately flee the national broadcaster. So if we assume that Mr. Kelly signed off on the deal from Mr. Tuberty's point of view side, who signed off from the deal from RTE's point of view? Given that there's no legal issues here, mustn't the minister and the Public Accounts Committee and the Media Committee find out this week, in the minister's case today, who signed that document on behalf of RTE and who agreed it? Absolutely, and come back again to D4's resignation. We're entitled to this. We're the people we who fund these. They yeah. work for us. Go, 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 going back to that statement, she certainly, and we have to take the statement as is because I think it's highly unlikely she'll ever appear before a committee now following the resignation. As she wants, and she's not well, she says. Yeah, and but going back to that, she suggests in that that she, if we could put it this way, spreads the responsibility between herself and the executive committee. And there's a, the other thing that arises with that, Eamon, is this kind of organizational behavior. And, you know, people who are running a big organization, if we take it, for instance, just a straightforward business, well, their first duty is to the bottom line to profit. And they're yes. going to tie their fate to the profit. Yes. They're going to maximize what they can for themselves in that role. But ultimately, if the business doesn't make money, then it comes back on them. Okay, that's a yes. straightforward business. In a non-profit business, like a state agency, like RTE, like anything of that nature, there are other issues at play because there is no bottom line. And one of those is, for example, would anybody on the, the executive committee, would their attitude to, for example, somebody like Ryan Tuberty, or as one of the leading broadcasters leaving, it, would their attitude to be, be to that, that they didn't want to be the ones in situ when that happened, irrespective of how much it would yes. cost to keep the individual? Yes. And if so, is that action taken in the best interests of the organization or are individuals looking at themselves yes. and how they might be perceived, for example, if they moved on to another job. And that, I think, goes to the heart of a lot of it because it's back again to that thing over whether or not it is necessary to pay out 
those uh, kind of sums on the basis of market forces when a lot of people are sceptical as to whether those market forces are anything like they're portrayed as being. Now, Mick, uh, you covered with great distinction the Garda scandal involving Garda Morris McCabe and what was done to him. And you, uh, more than any other journalist in the country, got to the bottom of that and got justice for Morris McCabe. Thanks be to God that you did it. So you know how they can stall. You know, uh, because there were discussions, there were ministers, there were committees and there were all kinds of things. On Wednesday and Thursday of this week, the RTE people have to go before the media committee on Wednesday and public council committee on Thursday. There's talk this morning of uh, taking up to nine months, seven months or more to get a report on this affair. Is there any reason in the world why we have to wait anything more than a week or two weeks to find answers to basic questions and that the executive board in RTE, which includes people like Jim Jennings, who is the head of content. Now, Mr. Jennings would have an interest, would he not, in the very question you raised a few moments ago, you know, who's going to present the Late Late Show? So will Mr. Jennings be there? Did he know about this payment? And how long did he know? We should be able to find that stuff out rather quickly or not. What do you think, Mick? I think even, listen, I'm not a, I, I have no qualification in accountancy. I'd find it all out in a couple of weeks if I had access to the individuals. I mean, you're yeah. talking about very simple questions. They're, they're yes. very simple questions. With no said, legal implications. No. Who, who, who signed off on the deal? Yeah. Why was the deal signed off on? What influence does what influence is exercised in a scenario whereby one individual has control to the extent he has clients for most of the top broadcasters in RTE? What yeah. implication and does that have? And in the commercial have? sector, one has to say. And in the commercial, well, I'll give you one example. This morning, um, yes, two two of the leading radio stations, uh, in, in in for example, in uh, News Talk, uh, Pat Kenny was on holidays, and presumably that was a scheduled holiday. I'm sure it was same as to be fair. Up his tan. <laughs> well, we'd all like I top up my tan myself to go down to South Kerry, but we'd all like to do that. But what, what I'm saying is, obviously, Pat's are on, on a break is perfectly entitled to no problem. Man works very hard, I have to say that from what I observe. But um, Pat is is a client of uh, Noel Kelly's, to, you know, absolutely, and he dead right to be so because Mr. Kelly is so influential. His replacement this morning was Ivan Yates. Ivan the Terrible. He's not a client. He, he, he's, as I understand, he's a client of Noel Kelly's as well, from what wow. I've seen. Yeah. And okay. go back to RT, Ryan, unfortunately, is at, at the centre of this, Ryan Tuberty client. Yeah. He's replaced by Oliver Callan. He's a client. No, and nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with all that. If I was in that position, Eamon, I don't know this for a fact, but if I'd been thus advised, I'm sure I'd probably go to Mr. Kelly and ask him to represent me. And then, right. in fairness, one other thing we should say, there was a perfect example of the kind of transparency that has been completely absent so far in this from Claire Byrne this morning in yes. our radio show. She began it with a comprehensive uh, explanation. She, she, she'd she been out and there'd been conspiracy theories. She had a family holiday. She went through her own earnings in comprehensible fashion and pointed out that she'd been represented by no Kelly, totally transparent yes. on everything. Now, that should serve as an example to everybody yes. else, 
not, not everybody else. She's not involved at all. Sorry. That should serve as an example to her employer, RTE, and anybody else who's involved in this. Nothing has been done wrong, but a particular culture would appear to have existed that was yes. not transparent to the public from the public broadcaster. And as Fanon Sheehan points out in The Independent today, and pointed out on Claire Byrne to Claire, that telling lies has become a serious problem for RTE now. And I endorse entirely what you say about Claire Byrne. She's an outstanding broadcaster, a very professional uh, and decent woman. And I heard her statement and it was very clear. Uh, but we need those statements from the head of content, uh, Jim Jennings, and indeed from others on the executive board who processed this decision. Mick Clifford, Special correspondent with the Irish Examiner, we're very grateful to you for joining us this morning to help to actually identify the questions that need to be asked by the politicians this week and answered by RTE representatives. Thanks to Mick. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.